Spring football is here. It is on the horizon for FAU. It started uh, last week on the 3rd for FIU. It is starting March 22nd. Welcome back to another episode of the Shula Bowl podcast. As always, we are brought to you by the fine folks at Five Reasons Sports, your home for South Florida sports news. I am Eric Henry, FIU beat writer for SB Nation Underdog Dynasty, joined as always, or I like to say as always, but you know what? Grad school has been keeping this man busy. Grad school, he's going back to be uh, a two-time Panther, the definition of a Panther at heart, our FIU superfan, Mr. David Handel. David, uh, how's it going, man? I, I know uh, grad school has been keeping you busy. You've been over there at the FIU, uh, the Panther Pride Lands. Yeah, man. It's, um, it's been a lot uh, working full-time uh, and doing my master's is, you know, t- it takes a lot of my time. But uh, I'm almost done. I graduate now in June, so that's kind of huge. Um, so I'm excited for that. And 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 so I'll my my fall 2021 uh, schedule for football season is going to be a little bit more open this year. <laughs> that's that's what I like to hear. Although, hey, if there's one season you know that you, you didn't miss out on much, it's last year, right? You know, the, given the fact of COVID and the way the home games went, so. Uh, it's good to see that. I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, we didn't play I, in 2020. Right, right, yeah, that didn't happen. Listen, I, that's what you were throwing out. <laughs> I, I, did, I didn't have a tumultuous flight to Lynchburg. Um, <laughs> I, I didn't have to go to Bowling Green, Kentucky. None of those things happened. You are 100% that correct. Happened. That, was a, that was a nightmare. <laughs> you just <laughs> you dropped that. <laughs> I, I, I wasn't holed up at an uh, extended stay America across from William Stadium in Lynchburg. <laughs> None of that happened. I am with you, sir. Uh, 100%. Couldn't agree more. So uh, so with that being said, welcome back. Glad to have you in. This is going to be served as our FIU spring preview. Like I mentioned, we did the FAU spring preview with Shane. You can go back and catch that episode in your uh, in our archives. But looking forward to talking to Panthers today. Uh, a lot has changed since the last time we recorded a podcast. A lot changed since the last time we had a chance to talk to David. So guess the big news, the most primary, uh, most pertinent news, is the offensive coordinator situation. Tim Harris Jr., the longest tenured member of the FIU coaching staff, beloved member of the FIU coaching staff, six years into his tenure, uh, about three weeks ago, decided to leave his post, the promotion he earned from offensive coordinator, or two offensive coordinator from running backs coach, I should say, Decided to join Gus Malzahn's staff at UCF. For FIU fans looking for a little bit of information on that, I'd recommend following Jason Beatty. That is Jason B E E D E. He covers UCF for Four Seven Sports. The reason I mention that is because Jason had a chance to sit down with Coach Harris's introductory press conference, and one of the things that came out I thought that was interesting, uh, David, was that Coach Harris actually applied uh, for one point one point in time during his tenure at FIU to be an analyst uh, under Gus Malzahn. That didn't work out, but the relationship was struck or the relationship struck, uh, was struck from there, I should say. And, you know, fast forward a few years later, he gets the opportunity to head up the road, up uh, the uh, the turnpike, right, to Orlando and and is at UCF. So UCF's gain is UCF's loss. UCF's gain is FIU's loss. I apologize for the double UCF there. That leaves FIU needing both an offensive coordinator and a running backs coach. So David, we have not had a chance to talk since all that went down. Just uh, your thoughts on the uh, situation. Yeah, man. Um, it's, that's a huge hit for us. Um, 
you know, he, as you mentioned, is the longest tenured coach at FIU. He's done a great job with our running backs, as you can see, all the guys that have come through here in his time and, and how good they are. And I would be shocked if him being promoted to OC at FIU and that, you know, the short time that he was, was a big deciding factor of why Devontae Price decided to stay with us. So I'm um, curious what a lot of the players are thinking because, I mean, when he was announced the FIU OC, it was almost universal praise from every player. They they loved, they loved him. So, you know, it's obviously going to be a huge hit. Um, now we kind of just wait and see who we're going to bring in. Um, we haven't really heard much news on that yet. But, um, I mean, listen, I, I can't even blame him. Uh, UCF basically is now like a, a P5 school. He's going to pl- uh, coach under Gus Malzahn. And I mean, it's, it's, it's a nice, definitely uh, a nice upgrade for him. So, you know, I, I wish him the best, but now it kind of leaves us a, a huge hole to fill. And uh, now we kind of just wait and see and, 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 and see how it turns out for us. Yeah, David, I'll try to provide a little bit of insight there. And you're right. You, you touched on a point that, that uh, is really huge. A lot of the players who I spoke to, I had a chance to talk to Devontae Price in January, if memory serves me correct. It feels like it's been forever as we're, uh, you know, trying to get through COVID here. But yeah, I had a chance to talk to Devontae and he was really fired up about Coach Harris being the offensive coordinator. Um, A lot of the the, the response you guys may have seen on social media were guys who, if there was one person they were going to promote from within that is universally liked by all the players, it's Tim Harris, someone who, like I mentioned, longest tenure member of the FIU coaching staff, actually dates back to the Ron Turner days. Someone who has deep ties in South Florida, of course, was the head coach of Booker T. Washington High. So not only is FIU losing an offensive coordinator, they're losing one of the top recruiters in Conference USA and top recruiters in South Florida as well. Tim Harris actually rated by 247 Sports the top recruiter for the 2021 cycle in Conference USA. So a big loss there. And, you know, as far as his, uh, you know, I don't want to speak for Tim. But when I had a chance to talk to him, I was working on a story about FIU having two uh, black coordinators and actually had spoken to him literally 72 hours, David, before the news came out via Twitter on on UCF. I believe Gus Malzahn was the first one to announce that Tim Harris had joined UCF. But uh, when I had a chance to speak to him, he was really fired up and passionate about not only the chance to be an offensive coordinator, but the chance to... Uh, you know, at this point, his career being 35 years old and just the career trajectory that he may kind of go on and him having desires to be a head coach. He said, hey, I, I didn't think that being a coordinator would happen to me this young. But now that it's here, I want to make the best of it. And the next you know, opportunity is to be a head coach. The reason I mentioned that quote specifically, is you talk about him going to work under Gus Malzahn, who is one of the most well-respected offensive coaches in college football. That certainly will help him grow not only as a play caller and offensive coordinator, but in his career trajectory to potentially be a head coach at some point in time. So you can't blame Coach Harris for making that move, but he does get a, a bit of a raise as well. So uh, take that for what it's worth. As far as you know, like you mentioned, names on the front haven't heard any. I think the big thing that FIU fans should take note of, they got to replace two positions here, two positions, offensive coordinator and running backs coach. Will you bring in someone who has offensive coordinator experience who also has experience with the backs? Or will you bring in someone who's a veteran offensive coordinator and then maybe you try to fill the other position in terms of running backs coach? We will see how that goes. If you look at basically the entire time that Butch Davis has had coordinators just by nature of um, FIU's assistant budget, 
coordinators typically hold two roles. Everett Withers is coaching the – he is the, the defensive coordinator and is also working with the linebackers. Uh, so that is something that, you know, you, you'll you'll expect. And Rich Scrapp, when he was offensive coordinator, was quarterback's coach and offensive coordinator. So uh, that is something that you will expect to see there. Um, transition really quick. David, I want to ask you this, just from a fan's perspective. What are some of the things on your mind that uh, as we put 2020 behind us, as you mentioned, there was no 2020, certainly <laughs> wasn't one in the win column. What are some of the things that you're looking forward to uh, to kind of seeing here as we uh, turn the page or turn the calendar 2021 in spring practice? Yeah. Um, I mean, first and foremost, I want to see if any of the quarterbacks emerge in spring as, you know, a clear starter. Um, I know we joked last time <laughs> that how uh, they had mentioned that Hayden Carlson was like uh, Patrick Mahomes, but I'm curious to see if, you know, if he takes that extra step and to like solidify himself as a st- the starting quarterback next year, because as of right now, I mean, we still have Max and Kalen um, and, you know, Carlson. So I just want to see who's going to, you know, take that role. And I'm assuming as of right now from, you know, the words that Butch used to describe him, uh, I would say he's probably the favorite. Um, so obviously that's the most important position in football. So that's something that I definitely want to get see sorted out in spring. Uh, the second thing is I want to see, you know, how the defense comes together under Everett Withers. Um, I mean, we we know his resume. It was a huge hire for us. And, you know, I've heard, you know, nothing but good things about him. So I want to see how he could, you know, turn this defense around who had, you know, slightly improved last year when it came to run defense. But I want to see if we could hopefully take that next level and see if some of the, the returning guys, because I know we, you know, like the Dane brothers are back and, and we have some, you know, Alexi John Baptiste is coming back. So I want to see if we can build the defense around those guys and see who, you know, any of the new guys can step up. Like the um, the name is slipping my mind, but the guy from UCF who we literally just spoke about right before recording this. Um, <laughs> Eric, so, Eric Mitchell Jr. is the name. Yeah. Um, and so basically just want to see how the defense is going to run under him. Um, I'm expecting big things from the defense and I'm hoping they can, you know, take it to the next step. So those that's what I'm looking forward to. I mean, I'm, I expect great things from Devontae Price as well, but, you know, he ha- he's coming off a great year. Um, I think, you know, he's just going to take it, you know, keep rising, take it to the next level. So excited to see that. But, but yeah, I mainly want to see, at least from spring, if, if we have a quarterback that comes out as the, the clear starting quarterback for us. The name that David mentioned there, uh, or the, the player is alluding to that uh, I mentioned named Eric Mitchell Jr., Former UCF linebacker, three-year starter, was dismissed from the program uh, earlier this year, early 2020 season, but he is transferred to FIU. Spoke to him off the record, so I won't divulge the nature of the conversation, the exact quotes. But let's just say FIU fans, he is very fired up to be a Panther. He, uh, again, I, I won't divulge the exact quotes because it was off the record. But um, <laughs> he, he is, he, um, let's just say he's looking forward to a lot more winning. And uh, he expects to be one of the top linebackers in Conference USA. Those are uh, those uh, as our uh, a summarization of his words. So if he can be any of those things, and quite frankly, the level of play that he had at UCF, there's no reason to think that he can't come in and form a very formidable linebacking duo, him and Jamal Gates, um, to be the primary two linebackers, of course, in that 4-2-5 with a lot of Conference USA teams run the spread. FIU, for the most part, their base defense tends to be a nickel. So you know, those will be your two linebackers if everything falls into place. So uh, look forward to seeing that. David, want to ask you something, and this may fire FIU's fan base, but I want to run it by you here first before I write in the article, quite frankly. So I, I appreciate you being my guinea pig. 
Oh God. <laughs> if I said, if I said this to you, what would be your reaction? We haven't seen enough of Kalen Wiggins to know what he is as a quarterback. You would say what? I mean, I don't want to sound mean, but I've seen enough. I mean, like I, I, well, it's almost unfair because I think it's also part of the system that he played in. But I mean, I think we, we know what we have with Kalen Wiggins. He's extremely athletic and he's, he can be a playmaker with his legs but he just hasn't shown anything in his time that, you know, he can be the trusted QB one because I mean, he he's had, you know, he's had a, not a lot, but he's, he's had a good amount of playing time to see, you know, his throwing ability. And it's something that is kind of lacking uh, at least, you know, throwing the ball downfield, uh, making those big plays. Um, so I would say that we've kind of seen enough and, and, and yeah, unless we can build the offense around like his playmaking ability, I I don't know if I, I would trust him right now at QB one. So David, here's why I said that. And um, again, please, the, I, I genuinely want your feedback here. You know, I'm, I'm I'm putting on the spot as the voice of Panther Nation. But this is I, I sat down and thought about it as I was kind of writing my spring preview. A lot, <laughs> Butch Davis repeatedly said. Uh, during post games and and you know in the off season, as so far we've spoken, Max Bornschlager didn't get the benefit of a spring last year, and that really hampered his development and and chance to really come in and learn the uh, the offense. Right? You can say the same thing about Kalen Wiggins. Kalen Wiggins didn't get the spring that Max, that, you know, uh, at the same spring that Max Bornschlager missed, Kalen Wiggins didn't get. And also, I think this would be my assessment with Kalen in the time that we've seen him play. He has shown that he needs to develop more as a passer. That's clear. Yes. But I want to state this just for the record here. Kalen Wiggins has only attempted 57 passes as a collegiate quarterback. Remember that, yes, he did see t- action in 10 games in 2019 under James, or as the back of the James Morgan. A lot of that came in spot duty. And, of course, he had the, the one start against New Hampshire. We know he set the school record for rushing yards by a quarterback. In 2020, he only attempted 30 passes in three games. And quite frankly, something that none of us can deny. Did any FIU quarterback look good last year? Not really. Of course, Stone Norton looked the best of the three, but none of the quarterbacks really looked good. So I would say this. I want to just put this out there because I think, and I'm including myself here. I'm not just throwing FIU fans on the bus. I'm including myself here. I think a lot of us have necessarily been the most fair to Kalen in terms of his true assessment as a quarterback. Only 57 attempts. Yes. Does he need to improve as a passer from the, the little we've seen? Absolutely. But to say that 57 attempts is enough, I, I, I need a little bit more than that. Um, I, I'll leave it with you with that for our transition. Uh, Eric, I, I do I do get you know what you're saying, and, and I get it. It hasn't been a large sample size. But f- even from that small sample size, it's just it's been bad when it, it comes to like being a passer. I get it. He's an athletic specimen. He he's a playmaker with his legs. But if you're going to be a QB one, especially in, at least in the system that we've been running the past three years, I know it's going to change because we don't have Strosky. But unless we shape it purely for him, I just don't see him taking the QB one spot. I mean, then again, that's what spring is for. Um, and if he just completely comes out the gate and lights it up and he, and he's taking that next step, 
but it, it's, you know, we'd have to wait and see because from what we've seen, even though the sample size is small, it really has not been good. It just has not been good. No, and I do think that's fair. Like I said, I, I tried to form, you know, somewhat of a bit of a wider scope of opinion on Kalen. But the fact of the matter is this, in the, the limited time that we have seen him, you know, Kalen's really struggled to get the ball out of his hands. You know, I'm sure I'm not telling thing that FIU fans don't know. When he's dropped back, there have been times where he's held onto the ball for five, six, seven seconds. And it's like, what's going on here? So uh, I can absolutely understand that POV. Uh, Want to, you know, go and transition and, and, you know, maybe flip roles here, David. Um, do you have anything specifically for me that uh, that you might be curious of before I uh, kind of, you know, throw out a couple more tidbits at you? Want to, you know, go and cross off really quick? Yeah, I mean, I, I kind of just want, you know, I'm going to flip the same question you kind of asked me. Sure. What 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 are you looking at uh, or what are you expecting to see in spring? Any players that, you know, that stand out to you or you think that can take that next step um, and, you know, play a significant role, uh, you know, in the 2021 season? Yeah, so you hit it off the top, right, in terms of Butch Davis's praise of Hayden Carlson. Butch Davis is rarely effusive in his praise of players. I mean, he's someone who is praise is, re- is pretty much measured, you know? Um, I mean, he'll, he's been high on Devante and James and, and, you know, Sage Lewis and when I say James, James Morgan and stuff like that, but for him to come out and be effusive in his praise of a, of a true freshman, that was surprising. So definitely want to see if Hayden Carlson can come in and beat out the two veterans. Max Bortenschlager, we, we know, you know, he comes in from Maryland and, and has similar traits, at least that the staff believed uh, that James Morgan had, but, you know, what does he have left in the tank? Definitely want to see um, what he uh, what he has to offer this quarterback situation. But the uh, one of the things that I'm really interested to see, and I'm going to throw out a couple names here and kind of, you know, kind of give you 30 seconds on each. We know what FIU has in Devontae Price. I have written and will continue to write that Devontae Price arguably is the second. I think it's clear he's the second best back in Conference USA arguably the top and yes i know sincere mccormick led fcs football excuse me fbs football in rushing last year utsa is running back but uh, if Devonte had 12 games he'd been right there with him the backup running backs david sean peterson jr flex joseph both suffered season ending injuries sean peterson uh you know had a really uh major injury in terms of you know um uh the if my memory serves me correct it was the the uh, Achilles um, that uh, that he injured. So definitely want to see where his recovery is as well as flex, you know, cause if you can get those, three, those three guys, I don't think anyone could deny that flex Joseph and Sean Peterson looked to be bona fide studs when their time was a, uh, uh, when their time comes when they were called upon last year, I want to see what the receiving situation is going to be. You know, we know that JJ Holloman no longer with the program, Bryce Singleton and Shamar Thornton. I think that is a solid Conference USA receiving duo. Who can step up and be the number three? Will it be, you know, Tyrese Chambers, FCS All-American from Sacred Heart? At least he has the experience and he's already enrolled. He is he is at FIU right now and will be in there for the spring. So gives him a head start on some of the other guys. Nate Jefferson, you know, a guy who I kind of pegged as Alexander Jr., um, Butch Davis kind of said that he could be Maurice Alexander's understudy in that slot role. Can he take the next step? We know that he did make some plays last year. Rivaldo Fairweather. I'm really looking forward, David, to see a two tight end dynamic here. If you can get Fairweather along with Sterling Palmer, who's kind of had, you know, a, a, a bit of a down year and a half. And a lot of that had to do with the quarterback play. But um, if you can get he and Sterling together, two tight ends. I think that poses matchup nightmares for a lot of CUSA defenses. So definitely want to see the, the development of fair weather in the spring. Someone who hasn't played a lot of football. Uh, I think the offensive line is going to be solid. I, I genuinely, that's a group that I, I, I think FIU fans 
um, should be really high on and they're, you know, doing great under Joel Rodriguez defensive tackle. Um, don't have confirmation on this, but it does appear that Andrew Tarver, who also was the longest member, tenure, longest tenured member of the team, the last uh, holdover from the Ron Turner era, uh, looks like he's chosen to graduate and just, you know, kind of move on. Um, that I can't, don't have that confirmed, but it looks to be that way. So that li- leaves a whole defensive tackle. Who's going to step in? Kane Taylor, Jamal Anderson, not on the spring roster. So does that mean like a Jason Mercier to come in and play defensive tackle or, or, or you know, um, FIU had offered a kid for former Washington State defensive tackle Lamonte McDougal, the son of um, uh, Stockton McDougal, if memory serves me correct. Uh, I, I know it's from, or is it Jerome? I think he's the nephew of Jerome, son of Stockton McDougal, the, the NFL brothers who played in the NFL for a long time. FIU had offered him, maybe you get him to come in, we'll see what happens. But uh, you mentioned Alexi Jean Baptiste. I think the ends are set with he and Kevin Oliver. Linebackers are set, and I feel confident about the secondary. I genuinely, you know, we'll have to see how spring plays out. David, but I think there's room for optimism. And as I wrote in my spring preview, which will be out on Monday, oh, and five means there's only <laughs> room to go up. There's nowhere to go. You cannot go down, you know? So um, definitely excited to see how some of the pieces fit in. Listen, I'm going to be very honest. I said this with Larry Bluestein when I went on his radio show. The level of talent in terms of the talent gap in Conference USA is not that big. And I think FIU has good talent. Just a matter of getting the quarterback position right and, you know, kind of having, you know, a couple pieces fall in place here and there. 2018, when I first started covering this program, I felt that they could win seven games. They exceeded my expectations, won eight, or excuse me, won nine, a program record nine games. Am I saying that they're going to be 2018 again? I need to see a little bit more. However, I do think this is a team that could sneak up on some people. I look at the schedule and, and quite frankly, I see six wins, there are five or six wins, you could say, those are games that are that are that are in question that are, that are playable could be wins could be losses um so with that being said you know don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves until we get into the fall and predicting you know what the records be and whatnot but I, i'm you know me yeah i'm an optimist i'm trying to get a little bit of a positive spin for fiu fans but in terms of players to watch those would be the guys that i would keep an eye on uh, most definitely uh, in the spring yeah just to piggyback on that point that you're making just about the offense i mean we have the guys, like the skilled players on this team. They're, they're so good. I mean, as you met, you've just mentioned a few of them, and the line is looking to be good. We just need to find an answer at the QB spot. If we can find that, you know, a, even just consistent QB play, I, th- I genuinely think, and I totally agree with you, Eric, that we can surprise people next year. Um, I, I just We just need to really figure out that position because the, I, I, the rest of the offense – it just it looks set to me. Oh, well, yes, it looks set to me. And we also got to find an offensive coordinator because that's a big part. Because I want to see, of course, of course, what's that's, this more that's, run? That's a, that's a big part of wondering what the offense is going to look like, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. But we have the, we have the skill guys and we have the O line. We just got to find you know the quarterback and figure out what system we're going to run. But I do agree that I think we do have the potential to sneak up on a lot of people next year. And really quick, I'll just finish up with this. We go ahead and you know shut this one down. I think Everett Weathers, and this is again no disrespect to Jeff Cop, uh, Jeff Cop, Jared Cruci, but mainly Jeff Cop, who was the head of the the defense over the past two years, a, a hardworking coach. But quite frankly, he was the not the first choice. We know that Everett Weathers was the first choice in 2018. Jeff Cop was a first time defensive coordinator. You're not dealing with that with, with Everett Weathers. You're dealing with a veteran who's been a DC at Ohio State under Butch Davis, in North Carolina other places is coaching the NFL. So I, for those fans, and of course, David, you are certainly part of this group who have been quite frankly, dismayed at the amount of rushing yards allowed over the past two years. 
I think that's going to change. And I'm not saying it's going to turn into, you know, the, um, you know, 2020 Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense. Sorry for the cheap plug there. But um, <laughs> I, I do think that just from a fundamental and a schematic POV, you will see an improvement under Everett Withers. And, uh, you know, a lot of good veteran coaches there on the defensive side. So at least that side should be covered. But again, we'll have to see um, how the offensive, uh, um, the offensive coordinator position, how that will will fill in. So yeah, that is our spring preview. Um, guys, please, you know, um, the only way we can help this podcast grow is the reviews. So whether it is through our DMs, you can find me on Twitter at Eric C. Henry underscore. You can find David on Twitter at Mr. Handel321. You can find the Shulable Podcast on Twitter at Shulable Pod. And of course, Five Reason Sports on Twitter at the number Five Reason Sports. Uh, give us feedback. Whatever you guys want to hear about, players you want to hear from, players you don't want to hear from. <laughs> Uh, the things you want to hear about, that's the only way we can help this podcast grow and leave us, leave us reviews, whether it's on Podbean, wherever you find this podcast, please. And thank you. We can take the, the feedback, all positive sent to David and Shane, all negative sent to Eric C. Henry underscore. Thank you for listening. Happy football watching everyone and spring football is around the corner, ready to put 2020 behind us and uh, get fired up for 2021. <laughs>